0: Hey everybody, this is Terrell Cummings and welcome to episode 3 of the Always Relevant Podcast. I have my good friend DJ Weeby here helping me co-host the show again today and I look forward to having some fun, talking about a few things and make sure everybody has a good time. I just want to let everybody know, I want to apologize for not being on last week. I went through some technical difficulties, but we're going to try to keep those to a minimum going forward. So, appreciate everything and um, enjoy the show. Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Terrell Cummings, host of the Always Relevant Podcast. We're here for episode three. Got my boy DJ Weeby, you can call him Dennis. Today we're going to be talking about the Pee Wee football coach who could be fined by the league. Um, What's included in my tailgating experience, everything I like, everything I want to bring, everything I believe that's needed. And finally, most seriously... The Cincinnati Bengals, how terrible they are! How us fans are kicking ourselves for liking them and following them and everything that everything that they do to make us sad in every way. So, um,
1: was, well, yeah, I want Icky Woods back, Boomer and all of them, bring them back. They're probably better right now than the Bengals are with their current people. I mean,
0: Boomer, yes, I was. I hate to say this, Cincinnati fans, I'm sorry, but I was never a huge Icky Woods fan.
1: Carl Pickens, then.
0: All right, Carl Pickens. I'm good with Carl Pickens. He was you solid. You do like
1: Anthony Munoz and leave the state.
0: I mean, the fact that he plays and his finger is basically pointing backwards all the time, I mean, it's
1: impressive. Yeah, so literally in their state right now, their age right now, I would field them probably to beat the Bengals. Obviously, it's no, a joke. But they're no, bad. If there. No, if
0: there was a bet on that, honestly, I probably would not take it because you are probably right. That's how bad they've been, and I don't see how a team could be so bad. You think that they would luck out into being halfway decent, or at least getting one win, being respectable, and it's just, it's just not happening right now, and it's disappointing, and it's hard to watch. It's hard for my son to watch because he's a diehard Bengals fan. And he's yelling at the TV like, "Dad, why are the Bengals not scoring? Dad, why are they not stop- stopping the other team from scoring? I don't understand." Like, I'm sorry, dude. You know, welcome to being a Bengals fan. <laughs> you know, you will be constantly disappointed,
1: unfortunately. But this year, it's just more disappointing than normal. It is. The uh, only excuse I have is new coaches that develop their new programs. I'm not pointing fingers at him yet because he inherited this. Right. Um, and I'm going to stop you right there because we're talking about this right now, and
0: we're not supposed to talk about this till later in the podcast. So I shoot from the head. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's how it goes. What we are going to get into, though, is my sports weekend, and since we missed last week, I'm going to double it up. So, first of all, talking about my boys from West Carrollton. They got their first win of the season, an upset over Picklewood. They won 39-34. Um their receiver Austin Jones becomes West Carolina's all-time leading receiver in touchdowns with 16 um, you know I'm happy to see it happy someone's doing it uh he's the son of one of my classmates I grew up with and you know he's breaking records and that's a great thing you know being a former receiver you know I think I still have a record or two there but he definitely has that and he honestly will probably have all the rest of the records and He's a great player, and I look forward to seeing what college he ends up going to because I think he is diamond in the rough. And, um, you know, I think he's going to make, make plays on the next level for sure. He just needs the opportunity. Um, their sophomore quarterback, Kamari Cleveland, sets a West Carrollton single-game record for passing with 383 yards. So congrats to him. He's a sophomore. He's learning on the fly being the new quarterback this year. And as the season goes along, he keeps getting better. So that's a good thing.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, for sure. All we need to know is Bellbrook,
1: my hometown, beat down the Valley View Spartans, our arch rival, for many, many years. And I had a lot of buddies from college that I played football with that went to Valley View that I uh, had to text immediately (laughs) during, before, and after. Right. It's the one day of the year that they know they're not going to hear anything nice out of me and nothing but jokes. And when we win, they even get funnier. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, man. That's good for sure. Uh,
0: next week, though, West Carrollton, they played Greenville. Lost 7 nothing. So, defensive struggle. Obviously, they're trying hard throughout the whole game, and it was a close-fought game, hard-fought game, you know, and didn't turn out well for them this time around. But, you know what, I'm glad they're competitive. They're doing better than they did at the beginning of the season. I think the young guys are improving. And I do believe that the culture is changing from what it's been. And, you know, I'm excited about it. So, Absolutely. speaking of cultures changing, Hanover College, mm-hmm. always been known for offense. All of a sudden, they have some defense. Sorry, dude. I know you're a yep. defensive player, but you know what? No, I'm playing. But <laughs> <laughs> now Coach Theobald has them going. Um, homecoming, they beat Anderson 70 to nothing. I mean, that. I don't know how bad it was, didn't go to the game. Obviously, it seemed bad, but you put 70 on somebody and they have nothing, I mean, that's pretty bad. Hey, I'm glad they did what they did, doing an offense, doing it on defense. I'm not mad about it at all. So,
1: Well, there are younger kids. I wonder what Theobald would get banned for running the score up or what he would, uh, what the penalty would be.
0: Well, you know, that's some forecasting or yeah. foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about later. Luckily, uh, this is college ball, not Wee football, you're yeah. allowed to run it up, so – that's all good. Um, the next week they played Defiance. They won 42 to nothing. So once again putting up points, once again playing mad defense. Proud of the dudes for that. Mm-hmm. You know, good good to be HC alum, of Pride over here. So absolutely.
1: Same. Love it when they uh, start handling everyone by yeah. a lot. You no. say all the defense you want. zeroes are great, but 70 42. Right. no don't give them no, that. that that's, that's not offensive being weak.
0: No, that, that sounds good. And, obviously, they're looking forward, I'm sure, to Franklin. I haven't seen what Franklin's done this year, but I'm sure Coach Leonard has them up and firing all cylinders. I know Hanover upset them last year, being for the first time in, like, I think 15 years. Yeah. It had been a while. So, you know, I'm glad they did that. Hopefully they can keep the bell. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes the rest of the season. You know, I hope that they can uh, play it strong and make it back to the playoffs. Absolutely. You know, go, H.C. Um, now my boys, Michigan, you know, they beat Iowa, which is going to be a tough test, uh, two ranked teams in Iowa. Um, they beat – no, I'm sorry, it was at Michigan. They beat them 10-3, to 3, so obviously defense struggle. I'm glad Michigan's defense showed up. Um, their offense still is not there. I honestly don't think it's ever going to be there. Um, It kind of showed the next week as well when they beat Illinois 42-25. The first quarter, first half, they came out on fire. Second half, they pretty much about let Illinois back into the game. Um, Team worries me. I think they're probably a little above average team. They'll beat your your average normal teams, but beating those teams, the elite teams in Big Ten, I think it's going to be tough. I know they played Penn State this week. Um, so I know Penn State just played Iowa for a close game this past weekend, so we will see how that goes, and I know DJ, he side by the house state. I don't remember who they played last, I'm sure they beat him big, this past week was a bye week you know, he's just sitting here smiling not saying anything, but I'm sure you want to say something about it. I mean, you don't
1: even have to talk about the score, we're ranked number one because we are number one the only number two you guys will ever be is in the toilet yeah, you know what
0: (laughs) I have no words to that, all I have to say is I can't believe you just said we, like you went to the school, that's true. or like that. you played on the team, and that's just terrible. We'll talk about yeah. that on future podcasts, how I can't stand people can't that either. say we like they're on the damn team. I can't it. It is terrible. I'll understand it, but we'll talk about it and I'm sure everybody will argue about that at some point in time later on. Moving forward, we already kind of got into it earlier. I'm not going to talk about it much because it's just saddening and You know, makes my Sundays terrible, and that's the Bengals. They lost on the last-second field goal to the Arizona Cardinals. You know, the battle of the terrible teams. Arizona didn't have the best defensive player. They have a rookie quarterback that's maybe 5'7". He's listed at 5'10". I think it's a lie. But, you know, he's getting out there. He's making plays. Hey, it is what it is. The Bengals had their chance. They lost out on it. And they lost the next week to the Ravens 23-17. They were never really in it. I don't think you know they had the opening kickoff. Their offense didn't didn't do much after that till late in the second half. By then, it was too late, man. So I don't know. You got anything to add to that? Because I don't even. Yeah. Want it's to. It's not exactly. Not worth talking about. Nope. Just like my fantasy weekends, both of them garbage. <laughs> I'm on a three game losing streak in my PPR league. I have Christian McCaffrey. He's putting up mad points. But I keep playing the wrong players. The players I play get 10 points or less. The players I sit, like Will Fuller a couple weeks ago, score like 50 points. Literally, he scored 53.5 points in my league and he was on my bench. It was terrible. And the next week, I had two receivers that scored over 25 points, both of them on my bench. Terrible. Least of my record being, well, I think it's two and three overall now. So it's rough. I got to make some executive GM decisions to have my boys step up their game so I can get that paper.
1: <laughs> I think you need to, like, uh, I, I don't know what the ritual actually is, but I think it's you take a soccer ball out in the backyard and, and you deflate it and you set it on fire and then you chug a Budweiser and pray to the football gods that you stop making the wrong choices.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I might do that. <laughs> Seriously doubt it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'll do what I can. On a good note, though, in FanDuel – I did win eight bucks, so still um, staying afloat there. Uh, But I'd rather win the two grand in my PPR league because, well, it's two grand and be nice to have that cash.
1: Absolutely.
0: Moving on, we're going to our topics. Pee Wee football coach in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He could potentially get fined by the league five hundred dollars for beating a team by over thirty points. He ultimately. His team was winning. They scored in the fourth quarter that put him up thirty-one to or thirty to nothing, and he knew that at that point he couldn't score anymore. I guess they have a rule in league once you hit thirty, um, you can't score anymore, otherwise you will get penalized. And he put a second stringers in. Now, granted, it was only two minutes left in the game. He put a second stringers in. Uh, it, by the way, these kids are five to seven years old. And you know, let a five-year-old run the ball, and he scored. It looked like it was probably like a seventy-yard touchdown. You see the court, you see the coach running down the sideline, trying to chase him down, telling him to get down. But how are you going to tell a kid that's out there working hard, he's second string, he gets a chance to run the ball, mm-hmm. and he's running for a touchdown? It's probably his first touchdown of his career, and it's a long one. And his eyes are getting big, and he just wants to score. He's out there having fun, and you know, how can you try to take that take that away from the kid? That's my question, but. You know, should the coach be fined? That's really the question because ultimately, the league said they're gonna have a hearing. He could get fined. And he could get suspended for
1: the next two games. So, absolutely not. I mean, first off, these people volunteer to help coach kids. They're not making bank. They're not, you know, retiring because they're coaching five to seven year olds. So you fine them five hundred dollars because he had a five year old kid that just had like something he might remember for the rest of his life or. He might turn on to be the next Barry Sanders. Like, I would never, that part, I just don't like. I mean, punish him. I don't care. I really do, though. Let the kids play. Just let them play. What are you going to tell them to run backwards and fall down? <laughs>
0: like, so, what are you going to do to keep the other teens from running up the score? I know that's what they're trying to prevent. They're trying to prevent running up the score, We're trying to prevent, prevent the kids from um, having the feeling of, you know, getting you know getting beat pretty bad. I know they said they're trying to prevent injury, and I'm throwing air quotes up for that. But I mean, I'm sure they're trying to help the kids' psyche as well. But I don't know, man. I, there's oh. there's probably things that the coach could have done to prevent it from getting that big, of, to being that bad of a score. But maybe he just maybe it was they're only up twenty one nothing, and maybe the kids are driving from the other team, and you never know what really happened. I don't know what happened throughout the game to have them only put the second string in with two minutes left in the fourth quarter, but. There's well, probably things that could be put in place if they were really that concerned about it to keep the, to keep something like that from happening and keep the coach from getting
1: fined or suspended. Well, first off, you're thinking about the kid's psyche, it goes both ways. Telling kids not to do things and to give up and everybody wins type thing is a whole different psyche. Right. So not just losing, and I always say if, if you don't like losing, don't play sports. I don't think anybody's ever made it through anything and never lost anything. Right. You have to adapt to that. That's part of growing. It's part of kids learning how to adapt to it, how to learn from it, how to even make it through a loss because it's not fun. I'm not encouraging it, but they're going to go through if They keep playing the sport. It's part of the game.
0: Right. Now, you'll probably have people and parents specifically saying, well, these are only five- to seven-year-olds. Like, Why are you even keeping score? Why aren't you out there just teach them technique, teaching them the rules of playing football? teach them the proper ways to, to tackle and do everything and be and be good teammates, be good, you know, have good sportsmanship and everything, you know, why would you even be out there, Even have maybe not even have a scoreboard or well, have, have a score for the game?
1: Again, it's part of the game, and hopefully, you know, not all of them are going to stay around and stick with the sport. They like the sport. If they play in a video game, there's a scoreboard on it right then. Everything. Their grades in school come with technically a scoreboard. So it's part of the game, it needs to be transparent. Now, do I think if you went out of your way to run up the score on a five-year-old team with a seven-year-old team, that that's good? No, that's terrible. But honestly, when the solution at 30 is the cutoff, I think the scoreboard goes blank when one team gets to 30 and they let the kids keep playing and learning the sport and it just disappeared. Parents will know, but the, again, Kids are learning. They right. won. It goes in the schedule. They won. But they don't get cut. Clock's still running. They get their full, fun experience, and they're learning and learning.
0: I know. And I know, honestly, though, I do know that kids do, they ask about, you know, did we win? Are we winning or losing? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what was the score? Did we win? Mm-hmm. Or whatever. They're interested in that. And there's really no way around it to be like, that kid, you know, hey, you won or no, you know, you lost this time, but you played really well. What you can do that but you know the kids are interested in the score and at that point in time they you know they they can count a little bit and they know you know whether they got beat bad or not so do you just try to make it a teachable moment even starting at that age so they can grow from it from there or do you try to you know try to, to keep them from going through it at that age because you believe they're too young and they should just learn learn about the game and that's it
1: well, that kind of gives my point at 30 nothing that's not exactly like feel good about it Right, if we're right. going down that road, so how about just disappears so you don't see uh, Hanover seventy to nothing. You know? <laughs> right, right. It just stays at thirty to nothing. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I get it. And if they score, you know that's where it would get a little muddy if the other team actually pulls one off and scores. Right. Give them a seven. You know, I I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's on the refs or whoever's hitting that scoreboard. Just keep it on paper past that point. Right. Let them keep going.
0: Now, the fact that the league is trying to find this coach, I wonder if that was in the rules before. You know, if you do this, you get a two game suspension and a $500 fine. Or I wonder if it was something that they're like just kind of tossing out there and saying, you know, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to try to set an example of you for this. And if they, is, is this setting the precedence? Has some of this happened before? I'm, not, I'm interested to see, you know, everything else that comes along with it besides, you know, just what they're putting in through right now.
1: Anything that makes the news brings certain types of people out. You know, I don't know if it was in writing, but I remember on the news they said uh, that this has never been done before and made it into this whole deal. Now, again, a volunteer being fine for teaching kids to be good at something is just terrible. wrong to me right so I hope it doesn't I hope they find a a better way to level this out that's more uh, politically correct than finding the good team for being good just again just have a cutoff point have it call it overtime and cut off the score and let them keep playing I mean, there there has to be a way to do it without finding and telling a five-year-old kid that hadn't been on the field before running for maybe his first touchdown to fall down. It just that's goes against everything I know in the sport. Right.
0: No, nope, I understand, man. I hear it. I'll be interested to see kind of conclude the conclusion of this to see you know where it goes and what happens next. So, up next though, we we're talking about football. And one of the best parts about attending football games is the tailgating experience. So I know me personally, if I'm going to a football game and I'm going to tailgate, there there are a list of items that I want to have with me that's going to enhance my tailgating experience and hopefully everybody else's tailgating experience around me. Dennis, I know the one thing that you want to have there. <laughs> you know, at least, at least, more than anything... It's some kind of adult beverage. Yep. Whether it's Bud Light, I know actually whether it's Millalite, you're a millilite guy. Mm-hmm. Or some kind of spirits concoction that you've put together. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, but you're just trying to get the job done. So
1: Absolutely. And I got a formula that goes to that once we get to the main topic of this discussion and that <laughs> is the adult beverages.
0: <laughs> we'll get to that here in a second. But the one, the necessities that I need for my tailgating experience are a grill with utensils because that's it's scary. not just about beer. You can make it just about beer, but I want to have a little bit of everything there. And so for, for me, the best part of the tailgating, besides the adult beverages, is the food that's there. Absolutely. And for me, I love food on the grill. So burgers, brats. I'll probably honestly do like Cheesy Met's and hot dogs, because those are probably the quickest, easiest thing to do on the grill. You can kind of pay attention to them, kind of not, They cook pretty quick, and everybody seems to like them. So grill, cooler with ice, have adult beverages, also have other beverages, water, whatever, because some people might not not be in that mode like like DJ always is. Wrong sport. (laughs) They have to practice up. (laughs) (laughs) Folding chairs, because not everybody wants to just be standing around while they're tailgating. Some people do, some people don't and they don't want to be singing kumbaya on the ground. So bring some folding chairs if you want to experience it right. I know me personally, because I'm not trying to run the battery down on my car, if I don't need to, I will have some, kind of, some type of speakers. Uh, whether it's a pill, something like Beats by Drag, doesn't matter. I'll have it, music will be playing the whole time. And you got you gotta keep to the, keep the mood right for the game so you can just yeah. Cheer your team on the best you can.
1: I have to have music, that's definite. Now, the question is, what kind of music do you play? Oh man, that's what I want to know. So I it goes a few ways here. Kai's goes the adult beverage formula. It really depends on what I'm looking at. If I'm tailgating, which shouldn't do a high school football game, but if I'm going to a high school football game, it's classic rock and it's the music I used to listen to before high school. Just flashback, live the glory days, whatever it may be. (laughs) Now, if I'm going down to a Bengals game, I mean obviously welcome to the jungle if that's not on repeat i mean it's See, up there that's
0: there for me and you because me i i can listen to any music except for 80s big hair bands and jock jams can't stand that yeah <laughs> i'm that guy you know i'd rather hear country and something slow before the game eh. and hearing in acdc
1: there's some good country before the game but it's, it's good to be rock and roll um you know, certain types of rap, it's just you don't know the crowds around you and the certain words in there that you have to be considerate of. But you can make a good mixture. It shouldn't be just one genre. It should be what gets you in the mood, right?
0: No, I, I'm with you there. You know, whatever works there, something that appeals to everybody, you know, I'm all about that as well. And requests are always taken. And, um, you know, I want to make sure that everybody's having a good time. The next thing that I say is important on the list your repair whether it's hot, whether it's snowing or raining, is some type of tent to put over your grill that people to be able to sit under, stay warm. I know a lot of times people are having dealt beverages is how they're staying warm. Doesn't work for everybody. So it's something that's gonna help everybody stay warm, stay dry, keep in the mood, and keep getting ready for their game. DJ's probably me wandering around anyway. Yep. You know, not really sitting in a tent. So it really doesn't apply to him. But once again we're talking about my ultimate tailgating experience. Make sure everybody's having a good time. I'll make sure DJ's having a good time too, so that's all good. Okay. Next, trash bags. I'm not trying to leave a mess in the tailgating area. I'm trying to pick up after myself and try to make sure that our tailgating area, we leave it exactly how it was when we got there. Kind of like what you're taught growing up. Just pick up after yourselves. You know, don't be the disrespectful tailgating group that you can be loud, you can be kind of disrespectful, but when it's all said and done, clean your stuff up. You know, be respectful of the area that you're in, mostly, and go from there.
1: Well, that just depends. I mean, if I'm at a Pittsburgh game, I'm not cleaning up anything. I mean,
0: that's just that, to that's <laughs> me and you, but yeah. You know, I'm kidding. Steelers fans, they probably would do the same thing if they come to Cincinnati. It wouldn't surprise me. I'm kidding.
1: It's absolutely the right thing to do. It's just, it's so easy. It's almost easier than dealing with it all over the place. It's just it's a trash bag. It's right there. No, Not hard. Now I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: Now, I've only really experienced this going to college football games, but it's worth it because you're typically there all day, especially if it's a later game, TVs with a generator. You get there, get there early. You can set up. You have some kind of breakfast if you want, and you can put TVs on and put on college game day, start the experience from there. You know, as you're watching those those games, you start grilling the food. You have appetizers out. So for appetizers, I'm having – you know, bacon wrapped weenies with brown sugar, rotel queso with spicy Bob Evans sausage and tortilla chips, French onion dip, ruffles, it's a staple, you know, regular nacho tortilla chips and salsa, you know, that's how I'm having like I said before, cheeseburgers, cheesy mets, hot dogs, pasta salad. You know, sometimes if it's cold, might for all that, might just have chili. Absolutely. You can never go wrong with chili at a tailgate. It's all good. And for me, a dessert If I'm going to have it, I'm having oatmeal raisin cookies. It's my favorite dessert.
1: It's easy. It's to the point. Most people like it. we go from there. Well, you have the Bel Air of tailgating right now from all of this. And dessert (laughs) is not absolutely needed at all. Dessert is the game. So, don't need dessert.
0: (laughs) I said DJ is having his dessert. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, liquor, beverages. He's Mm -hmm. all over it. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. For me... Beverages I'm probably going to have. Obviously, I'll be drinking some Bud Lights during mm-hmm. this game. But also, I'll probably have Tito's and soda with lime or some kind of mixture. But that's just me. Got to make sure you have ice, too, because you don't want to have a bunch of warm drinks. Absolutely. That's a ter- that leads to a terrible experience. Everything gets warm. It's not as fun. It's not mm-hmm. as good of a time. But another thing you need to enhance the experience are games. So, always bring a football because you can never go wrong just throwing the football at the tailgate. You, know, you can meet other tailgates, go football with other people tailgates. Make sure everybody's on the same team. Always bring a cornhole set or two. You know, it's not hard to find people that are willing to play cornhole. And then I know for me, south side of Dayton, we play a game called either Beersby or Frisbeer. Don't know if it's the same. If people play it everywhere else. Don't know if DJ's ever heard of it. I know what I'm you sure is. you have. As for me, that's a staple. It's a good time. Make sure you have Frisbee. Make sure you have PVC pipes. Make sure you have your beer cans or whatever can is still on top of it. Get a good teammate that can catch and throw and um, you go from there, and you play it up.
1: Cam Jam's the new one that came out. Uh, I, I like that one now really? too, and you I, be there in the mix.
0: Really, okay, yeah. I've never played it, but I'm down to learn it.
1: It's right in those two categories. And uh, going back to the drinking thing, here's the formula. If you can purchase alcohol, AKA professional, or certain colleges, inside the stadium, You need to lay off the liquor, keep the buzz going. Now, if you need to go in there and you're cut off once you cross that gate, yeah, you need to probably have some whiskey and a few other things, keep you warm, get you in there, and let it last a little bit. (laughs) Makes great decisions also. Just want to point that out. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. All right,
0: here's a question for you. Where is the best place that you've tailgated for a game?
1: Tennessee, for a home opener. Um, Went down there with some friends in Knoxville, and uh, didn't really know what to expect. Um, a friend of mine was working in the school, so he just handed me a bunch of Tennessee gear from the baseball team. And walking around in Tennessee, just like I would assume all other Southern schools I haven't been to, uh, the The beauty was there, I'll just put it like that. The fun was there and everybody was so polite. Like, what, I didn't know these people and they're just like, how about it? Like, the, you're basically, Bel Air set up tailgate. Right. And they're just talking to you, like whatever you need. I thought, like, they're going to ask me to marry their daughter at some point. (laughs) But everywhere I went, everybody's just like, you had a hat on. They were just giving you stuff, beer, like whatever you wanted. Right. Didn't even ask for it. Everybody's so friendly. And I mean, it was just a great setup around the stadium. Now, I know there's other ones that are amazing setups. I'm more, the personalities and, and the interaction was awesome for that game.
0: Gotcha, I gotcha. So, if there's, where is a place that you would want to go tailgating that you've never been?
1: Uh, Tailgating? I mean, there's a few stadiums I want to go to, but tailgating, I mean, Ole Miss is up there, yeah, pretty
0: high. I've heard that the Grove is, yeah, the Grove is serious. Heard it's nice, yeah, good food, good atmosphere. You know, I heard it's, it's it's a really good time.
1: I mean, there's a few. I, I think they're all pretty good at that level because they know it's going to happen, so they have the right. designated area. Um, yeah. Now,
0: I've, I've, I've heard there I want to try that, and I also want to try LSU. I've heard good things about going oh, down yeah. there in the Bayou yeah. Yeah. and, you know, making the trek down there. So, I might hit up Ronaldo and uh, yeah. Ronaldo Smith and and Sean. You know, they always going to LSU games, so I might hit it up
1: with them and uh, see what it's all about. Yeah, LSU's definitely up there. That's yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about a lot of those. For yeah. some reason I just want to go to like University of Texas. Yeah. Just see Texas football, how it's done tailgating style.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, obviously the closest thing that we probably that I've been to Tennessee, you know, I've been for SEC I've only been to the like UK tailgating. We which went, which was solid tailgating. Yep. It was better than what I thought it was gonna be, to we be honest with together. you. That was a yeah, good one. So it's good time doing that, you know. I've I've been to Notre Dame, you know, it's, it's good tailgating. It's just different, you know. Ohio State, I'm a Michigan fan, but tailgating Ohio State, state that holds 100,000 people, I guarantee you there's 200,000 200, people hanging out, having a good time. Now, if you're not one for big crowds, I wouldn't go there because yeah. you're going to see Scarlet and Gray everywhere, and you're going to be here in OHIO all the time, which is horrible for me. But mm-hmm. you know what? The overall experience it's a good time. Like I said, I've been to Michigan tailgate. I have a good time there. It's probably a little more kid-friendly than Ohio State's tailgate, but, you know, because you're there mm-hmm. outside the stadium on the golf course in the middle of the fairway, and everybody's hanging out, and everybody's drinking and chilling or whatever, but it's just more of, um, you know, more of the golf club type crowd from what I can tell. You know, It's a good time, though. I enjoy it. I encourage everybody to go up there and see the stadium. You know, that's really what I'm there for anyway is, you know, see good football, see the historic stadiums, and, you know, have a good
1: time. Well, before I die, I want to see US, USC Notre Dame at the Coliseum. Not tailgate, just. Yeah, no, the that, that,
0: that'd that be a good time. You know, you have a lot of tradition in that game yeah. and everything, and, you know, it'd be fun. So hopefully, you know, you hear about, you've heard about my tailgating experience. Hopefully, we'll all get to go. Maybe we'll have a podcast from tailgate this year if possible. If not this year, maybe next year. So we'll see what's good. Absolutely. Now, we're bringing it back, unfortunately, to the Bungles. I was looking at some stats. The Cincinnati Bengals have the lowest atten- lowest attendance in the NFL this year. So, their stadium holds 65,000, and their average attendance is 48,000. Now, that's probably not even butts in the seats. That's probably just people that purchase tickets. Yeah. I know the game, I think we're. I was watching the when they were playing the Cardinals. And you look in the stadium, and, you know, Paul Brown Stadium has a bunch of green seats. Yep. And that's all you saw when it was on TV. And it's like, man, that stadium doesn't even look half full. Like, it's crazy. And you see that, and then you see when they play teams like the Steelers. And it's like a home game for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's rough because, you know, all these years, you know, the owner, Mike Brown, we just feel like that he doesn't put, you know, he doesn't find it truly financially back the team like it should. I mean, he wants to come in, he wants to make a profit, he's making a profit, he's good because he's making his money, and he's not really investing in the product on the field as a whole, in my opinion, you know? I don't know if, if you feel that way or not. If
1: it keeps dropping money's money, especially that man, I think a change will have to come, and by change, I mean a little bit more invested in some players. I mean, do you think he'll do that? You think I don't he'll know he'll... how many years it would take at this level,
0: but... Do you think he would ever take the team and leave Cincinnati? No. You he, he think he'd stay here just because his dad was an Ohio guy and he started, obviously, the Browns and the Bengals and, and everything?
1: <laughs> Look how long he stays with coaches. I don't think he's big on change mm-hmm. and the money's right.
0: I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I felt bad for Marvin Lewis. I think I he, don't... he he did as well as what he could. But, I mean, yeah, 14 years and not having a playoff win, that's tough. He did have a good stretch where he they drafted and they coached guys up. And, you know, I think they, they, did, they probably could have – done a little bit better with the talent than what they had they were definitely better than a zero win playoff team um you know in the year I thought they could go to the Super Bowl and he broke his thumb on an interception so
1: I'm just saying it's I don't know that he's going to get more money out of the team if he takes it somewhere else I don't care whether it's not you know it's it's not a the Dallas Cowboys it's for us local people a great team but it's set down in a new stadium right in the river, actually in downtown. He's, You know, the team gets better. He'll pull more people, but he's in a good path for him. Right. Not for us, for him.
0: Could never see it happen. Right. Now, I think the lease is coming up on the stadium, or they have to put a vote to do improvements or whatever it is, you know.
1: you think you wanted some butts in the seats if he wanted to get some
0: improvements. You, you would hope so, but you know, I don't know if he's willing to do what it takes to do that. So,
1: What are our improvements? What, what would you want?
0: I don't even know, to be honest with you. Like, I personally have not been to a Bengals game. It's probably been at least two years since I've been to a Bengals game. So,
1: I don't even know. Uh, I'm saying obnoxiously what out there. Like, I went to like one inch bigger than the Cowboys – monitor in the middle of my stadium just to show them off. <laughs> so I mean you trying to you trying to have a dome in Cincinnati? Not a dome. I don't like domes, but if the roof retracts in the winter, I'm okay with this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you want that? You want like a 75 and a half yard jumbotron HD 4K? and just to be better in Jerry's world just yeah one inch, one inch. I mean but you can't have a bigger stadium because right now they can't even fill a seventy or sixty-five or 75 seat
1: stadium 75,000 seat stadium exactly tear down the seats put the screen in there they don't need the upper deck just move them all lower they're, they're not even filling half of uh, them. I, I guess he's not making money yeah. off it anyway
0: might as well spend the money he has on Jumbotron right we can gamble now in Ohio just uh,
1: put a few slot machines in one of the suites <laughs> um, I'm surprised they haven't done that already I am too actually that there's money, uh, lots of money there. Right. But I'm sure that um, the Jack down there has some say in that because that would take
0: away from there. It's probably true, but Jack Casino, there's not really close to the stadium.
1: It's kind of a hike. Yeah. Actually, the one thing that they actually really do need is be the one team not with an outdoor practice field. That probably doesn't help our injuries in recruiting.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that is true. I mean, it's terrible that an NFL team... You know, I think the Patriots—they practice outside, but I think they actually do have an indoor facility. Yeah. But you know, put a little extra money out there. I'm sure he can afford it to have them, to build them an indoor practice facility because come December on the river, it's cold, it's icy. No one wants to be out there practicing in that kind of weather. You know, in December and January, you know, it's terrible. Right, and injuries. I know, mean, I know, the NFL is scaling back what they're doing in practices, but injuries still happen at that point in time. So,
1: it just happen in winter. Put it this way, when the uh, Super Bowl was in Indianapolis, my cousins play football at uh, the University of Indianapolis, and they, the away team practiced at their field. They built them a very nice indoor practice facility just because the Super Bowl was there one year on their college campus. Now they have it. Right. We've had an NFL team forever. They're just doing it for one weekend. Yeah,
0: that, that's true. That's true. And That, that goes back to you know, Mike Brown, the kind of owner that he is. Yeah. He's always been that way. It seems like, you know, I wish somehow he would just give up his – he could own the team. I just wish he would give up decision-making abilities to someone else who's going to actually help Cincinnati be a consistently winning program. And, honestly, it's probably never going to happen like we want it to. So, the question is, what's next? What are they going to do? They have the new coach. You know, they might have the, the offensive lineman in the future. It's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Dude got hurt before the season started. You know, they had injuries on the offensive line – or guys that aren't good playing in front of Dalton, not putting front not putting this on Dalton. It's not all
1: all on him. Oh, you yeah, you give but, up seven eight sacks in a game. You can't put it on him. He's throwing from his hip, running backwards. It felt like right. It's just one of those things where you know, obviously the fan base
0: they're gonna be Bengals fans, but it's just hard to go through. It's hard to live through. You're hard to still support the team like you want to. So, absolutely. Like money talks,
1: people stop watching, stop going to the game. It does hit the pocket.
0: Right, yeah. We'll see We'll see what happens. It's not going to happen this year. No. It's going to be more the same. Like, they're averaging, what, 48,000 is what I said earlier. Yes. You know, it's going to keep declining, especially as the weather gets bad. It's, it is colder. More L's keep stacking up. Unless somehow the Bengals go on, like, a three- to four-game winning streak, which I don't see happening at all, you know. At that point in time, even on defense, the two best defensive players are getting older. I, heard, I think Dunlap's hurt this week. Yep. And um, Geno Atkins, he's just they're both getting older. They're, they're both over 30. So they maybe have five years left, maybe. And if they're going to be really effective, I'd say two years left, both of them to be kind of at the top of their game. Because, I mean, no offense to them. I mean, they're both athletically freaks and geno atkins probably be more effective longer than dunlap will mm-hmm. just because his size his strength mm-hmm. you know he's gonna he's able to clog up the middle and still make plays mm-hmm. he, might not, he might not get as many sacks from the defensive tackle position but you know he can still be a difference maker i think a little bit longer than what dunlap will um i just don't know what's gonna happen you know and know. they need to do something different you know because the fan base You know, they're always here every year. It's almost like the Cubs for years. You know, wait till next year, wait till next year. Well, next year keeps happening. Same old stuff keeps happening. Same old bungles keep on putting Mm -hmm. up L's like they always do. Absolutely. So, you know, it's hard to watch. I'll keep watching, but I don't know if I'm watching the whole games with as much interest as normal. So. No, I watch it with interest, but not a happy interest. Right. Right. So, coming up, final segment. Relax and take notes. This is pure craziness. A Kenyan runner. I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce his name right. If not, I am sorry to this dude. His name is I guess Eliud Kipchoge. And I know that I completely butchered his name, but this guy, he's the first runner to run a marathon in under two hours. He ran in one hour, 59 minutes, and 40.2 seconds, which is crazy. What? Yeah, so... I don't even know what to say about that, because I don't even know what the record was before. Now, they're saying it's not an official world record, because it wasn't at a sanctioned event, but still, the fact that he was able to do that, now granted, they had pace runners throughout, you know, throughout the marathon, you know, pacing him at the speed that he was, and still, the fact he kept that pace, at the end, he's running hands in the air, beating his chest, like he could run another marathon it looked like, it was crazy, you know, he's practically sprinting, it's, it's, Honestly, the greatest running feat since Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. He's basically sprinting, completely sprinting, 26.2 miles in a marathon. That's absolutely unhuman in my mind. That's awesome. I couldn't imagine, like, to be able to do that. All right, so how are you training for that? Because typically if you're training for it, you're trying to train faster than what you're probably even going to be running it. You're training harder than what you're going to be running. Like, can you imagine that? Everything, everything that it takes to go into that, to get that result. I,
1: I again, it, it just has to be a lot there genetically to be able to pull that off. Right, right. <laughs> training and pace runners all you want, you did it.
0: Right. Now, even <laughs> so, he got this. It's not an official world record. He holds the world record. He said in 2018 with a time of two hours, one minute, and 39 seconds. And it currently Aww. still stands. So, I mean, he beat about two minutes. And that was, I, I don't know if that was unassisted or the pace runners or whatever. I'm sure that they had somebody out there pacing him. But still, the fact that he got under two hours is it's pretty amazing and then now that he's done it i'm sure more and more people are going to do it and they're going to keep pushing the limit and everything and it's just amazing what the human body can do when they set their mind to it
1: i like that he's not giving up he breaks his own records right he's no that's good forward.
0: yeah and that, that's that's the best thing he can do and you know i look forward to seeing you know i'm not a runner and you know, my brother's more of the runner as far as everything, and I'm sure he saw this, and you know he enjoys he enjoys seeing that. He probably tells his kids on this cross country team, you know, you see what this you know what this person did, and I'm sure he put in a lot of hard work to do it. And you know, I'm sure it's some kind of you know inspiration for them as well. So I look forward to seeing what's the next time to be broken, because you know no one thought that this would happen, and it did. So you know it's craziness, Dennis. Thank you for coming on the show again. Look forward to having you on again um, at another time in the future, maybe next week, if you got the time. But, Absolutely. You know, we'll see what's good. Everybody else, thanks for listening in. Like I said Terrell Cummins on the Always Relevant Podcast. Check me out on social media, Instagram at TerrellDawain11, Twitter, franchise1122. And coming soon, YouTube, we'll be out there so you can should see us on video. Kind of crazy. Uh, but we'll see what's good. So talk to y'all soon. Have a good one.